and welcome. We are back. It's Trucking Answers. Welcome back to Trucking Answers. I'm here with Gracie, my orange co-host, and she is sleeping behind me, but I'm sure she will have a lot to say today. Today we're going to have some trucking news, some automotive news, and yet another reason we do not live on Mars. Do you know why we don't live on Mars? Well, there's a bunch of dumb, stupid, idiot people on this planet that are stopping us from getting there because they take all of our money to buy them dry cheese sandwiches. And by the way, I don't know if you knew this, but there is uh, NASA puts out the weather on Mars. The Curiosity uh, rover out there on Mars gives a daily weather update. So pretty interesting. I thought I'd look that up. Uh, 32 degrees uh, was the last uh, temperature for a high and low was 89 below zero. So you get pretty wild swings in the temperature there, although it's clear and expected to uh, get a little bit colder here coming up. It's late spring where the thing is sitting. There's really not that much of a weather change like we do have here because Mars is straight on to the sun where we are bent at an angle. So uh, that's how the story works with that. But 32 is a high and 89 below zero as a low temperature. Sounds like good weather if we could ever get there. You know, it's not just trucking and automotive. We talk about other stuff here too, like things that are going on currently in the news. And I thought this was pretty interesting sort of trucking. There was a Brinks truck robbery. Ever heard of Brinks Truck Company? They're new in the industry apparently. Anyhow, they were going from a jewelry and gem show, and not gem the TV show. I know that's what you're all thinking about, gem, right? No. In San Francisco to Los Angeles. And on the way, the car got, the truck got stopped and basically robbed. Now, I don't know why Brinks trucks don't travel with security escorts. And I also don't know why Brinks trucks are labeled. Okay, I really don't know that. You have a lumbering long truck with, uh, you know, their people whose training is questionable inside the truck. And uh, they just drive along and it says Brinks all over it. And really, I don't know why they open the back of it up. Shouldn't the, per shouldn't the back be locked up no matter what and the back doesn't get opened? Although I guess people would just be like, oh, we're just going to open the back up. And here's the real problem is what people are saying who had their stuff in there is that they lost $100 million. But Brink says, no, you lost $10 million and we'll be paying pursuant to our insurance. Well, it turns out that many places underinsure their jewelry because they can't afford the higher insurance. They don't want to pay the extra insurance, so they underinsure. And let me tell you, that's pretty stupid <laughs> because what you get is what you said it's worth. So if you go to somebody, and this works for anything, you go here, ship this item, and I'm telling you that it's worth $100, okay? And so if they lose it, how much do you think they're going to give you? They go, we lost it. And you go, oh, well, crap, that was a $1,000 item. Give me a 1000 bucks. They go, no, no. When you came in here, you told us it was worth 100 bucks. See why you don't underinsure your items are being shipped. Okay, because if something happens, this is the problem. Now you go, well, you know, I still want my money. You're not going to get your money because you agreed up front to the value of the item. So whenever you ship something, be sure to get insurance that covers the actual value of the item. And you could say, well, Mark, probably nothing will happen. All right, probably not. Then don't buy any insurance at all. You know, just go without insurance if you just don't think anything will happen. But if you're going to get some kind of insurance, insure it. And people were griping, oh, some of these are mom and pop jewelers and they're going to lose their money. Well, you know what? You have to buy the insurance for the items that you have. If you have way more 
you know, 10 times the amount, you need to buy 10 times the insurance. And that would have been pretty helpful now, right? That would have been pretty helpful at this point. So there'll be litigation, I'm sure. And I don't know, Brinks will settle it or whatever they'll do. Who knows how that works? But this is a planned thing. They knew the truck was going to go. That's why there should be, the truck should be unmarked. All right. They shouldn't decide the route until they leave. And there should be security vehicles with them, at least two more security vehicles that are with the truck so that there are not these problems with trained people. But then again, that costs more money, doesn't it? So then nobody wants to pay the extra to ship. You know, nobody wants, everybody wants all the service. They want everything that they want, but they don't want to pay anything for it. <laughs> you ask people to give you a dollar for anything. Oh my God, I'm not paying anything. I want everything free. But then when you ask people, would you like a raise? Well, sure. I want to make more money immediately. I need more money. Well, which is it? You're not willing to give any more money for anything. Well, how do you expect to get? You can't get until you are willing to give. So keep that in mind for your whole life. And now around the country, I'm seeing restaurants adding mandatory gratuities, which a gratuity, I guess, is not a gratuity. If it's mandatory, it is a fee or a charge. Either way, because restaurants are saying, well, you know, we have to do this because, you know, our costs are going up. And so we need this extra money. You know, our servers need money because gas and, you know, every blah, 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 everything else is going up, yada, yada, yada. You know, I hate tipping. I just hate it. I think that, you know, and most of the world, by the way, doesn't tip. Many countries find it to be an offense. And uh, but here in the United States. Corporations have bamboozled you into believing that tipping is a good idea. That's how you ensure better service, but that is, in fact, not true at all. Okay, there's been tons of studies that have been done on this, which I love watching these and reading about them. When they'll go to restaurants and then tip or not tip, because you tip at the end. And so it doesn't seem to matter. Your service doesn't seem to matter based on your tip because you, the people don't know what they're going to get. So the idea is, oh, well, they'll work better for No. That doesn't seem to be the case at all. When we time everything out and all that, doesn't seem to be the case. But regardless of that, the only reason you tip is because you know that, oh, well, this place doesn't pay their people good. So rather than insisting that employers pick up this cost, you pay for it. You'll go in and subsidize a place that makes millions, maybe billions of dollars for their, uh, you know, you'll subsidize their employee wages and think like you're doing a good thing for the employee. And you're not. You're just continuing up tradition that is terrible and should be ended immediately and for mandatory tip no way now if i go anywhere to eat like that i ask up front is there some kind of mandatory amount because it's coming off or i'm not eating here because it isn't a tip if it is mandatory they should just call it what it is they should just raise their prices and pay people a proper amount but oh my gosh all you people you people would be horrified at that wouldn't you if you saw the actual cost at a restaurant, but you know what? You're paying it anyways, aren't you? So if you're going out to eat and you spend 50 bucks and you throw a 10 spot down there, 20%, you really paid $60, didn't you? Do you think you still paid 50 and then gave $10 voluntarily? No, you're paying $60. What if that meal cost you $60 and they paid the waitresses the correct amount, all right, the amount that they should be getting, and then they don't have to go beg you for a tip? But no, people don't like that. Oh, my God, Mark, why should I have to pay more? Well, because you want to raise. That's why. So don't gripe at other people for the same thing. So our friends at our favorite safety groups. Oh, yes, yeah, safety groups. That's what they call themselves. The Advocates 
advocates. The Advocates for Highway and Auto Safety. Ever heard of them? Truck Safety Coalition. Citizens for Reliable and Safe Highways. Crash. Parents Against Tired Truckers. Pat. They have uh, all filed comments to the FMCSA about the speed limiter mandate. You know, the FMCSA has taken comments for the last 60 days or so about, uh, you know, reducing the speed limiters on commercial vehicles. And so there have been a comment period. There have been 15,000 comments filed about this. They want to know a few things like, should there be one? What should it be? All this, to blah, blah, blah. These people want 60. 60. Now, I know my European friends, aren't they close to that 57 or so in uh, over there in uh, the Europas? Right. Isn't that what they can go there, which is like 350 hectomillimeters an hour or whatever it is? Uh, look, 60. <laughs> I only go along with this if all vehicles are limited to 60. Can we do that? Can we limit all vehicles? Oh, that'd be something, wouldn't it? Nobody would go along with that, though, would they? And they actually are talking commercial vehicles all the way to class three. So uh, it could be you and your little sprinter van or whatever. You'd have to be limited too. And I don't know what they would do with all you people running antiques down the road that don't have electronics on them. What I could possibly see, either they'll exempt you or what I would probably think they would do since it's a safety thing is say after this date, uh, you can't register a truck anymore because it can't be limited. You either have to upgrade your engine, buy a new engine, or, uh, you know, in some other way, limit it. Otherwise, if it can't be limited, it can't be commercial. Simple as that. And I don't know why it's commercial. You know, um, how many accidents are do cars have every day where it's two cars, you know, where speed is involved? If speed is the problem, okay, then let's limit the speed. All right? Simple as that. Now, and I don't think people should speed ever. Your company doesn't pay you to break the law. Okay, whether the speed limit is good or not is one thing, but you're not paid to break the law. Your contract doesn't say break the law. So depending on how you're paid, I don't want to hear about, you know, well, I have to speed or whatever. No, the whole speeding problem is because you're getting paid by the mile, which I forever rail against. I think it's a bad way to get paid. I think you should get paid by the hour plus overtime and then you wouldn't have to speed. But uh, that's neither here nor there for this. This isn't about pay on this one. This is all these organizations and what they are calling for is 60 and even though there were a lot of comments, these organizations have a lot of people. And they have a lot of sway with the government because they get a lot of money from uh, donations, organizations, and a lot of corporations, you know, will give them money to make themselves look good. Oh, well, look, well, we contribute to organizations that want the roads to be safe or whatever. And so they get a lot of money and they get a lot of sway in Congress. So will there be a speed limiter? There were a lot of comments, mostly against but, of course, the government doesn't care what you think. They care what money thinks. So I could certainly see it being speed limited. I don't know why they don't do it. If they wanted to do it, it's a lot easier way to do this, which should be, you know, which I've seen in England is average speed cameras. You know, you see these in Europe, just an average speed camera. So as you pass under this uh, thing that goes over the road, everybody's plates recorded and a timer starts. Right? And then there's another one further up the road. And, uh, you know, if it's you're going too fast, you get a ticket in the mail. Simple as that. Average speed cameras. Not speed right now, but average speed. That's better. That would slow you down the whole way. And I know people say, well, Mark, you could just go 90 and then stop for five minutes before the average speed camera. I guess. Would you do that? <laughs> would that make any sense? I don't think it would make a lot of sense. And that does hold the speed of people down. 
I can't imagine people speeding and then pulling over to eat a sandwich right before the camera takes their picture again. It's just, it's just not something that's going to happen. But then the public would get mad, wouldn't they? Because they couldn't do all their speeding. And I know a lot of roads go very quickly here. So I think it's a big problem. Speeding is generally, I don't think, the biggest cause of a problem. I think too fast for conditions is actually a bigger problem than speeding. If you're on a road in the middle of no place uh, and you're fully awake and the vehicle's in good condition, why can't you go 75 into 65? Why is that unsafe? Okay, could somebody explain that to me? No, because, uh, you know, it's too fast for conditions. Sometimes 65 is too fast. 50 might be too fast in the winter. It just depends. It's always a too fast for conditions thing. Maybe you're just not a good driver, and so you shouldn't be going faster. Maybe there should be a test. You know, if you want to increase your ma your personal maximum speed from 70 to, say, 85, maybe there should be more testing involved in that kind of thing. We could possibly do that. So I'm not sure about that. There's different ways to handle it. I think that just a speed limit is probably the worst way to do it. And I know people say, well, you know, Speed limits allow towns to have speed traps and that. There's no such thing as a speed trap, okay, because you don't have to speed. So I don't want to hear, oh, well, Mark, the speed limit goes from 90 to 10 and 15 feet. Uh, look, I've driven all over the country, right? I have not gotten a ticket. So I don't know what to say about that. Don't be speeding in the first place and watch the signs. You know, that's just, uh, that's how that kind of thing goes. Dodge Rampage. Are you ready for it? Remember that? Oh, yeah. Remember the 2.2 Rampage from years ago built on an Omni 024 body with a pickup truck bed? There might be another one coming out because of the success of the Ranger. And, uh, you know, sort of the GMC Canyon kind of thing, that size truck. There could be a Rampage, and they actually showed one with a Challenger front end. That's a pickup truck. What do you think about that? Would that be something you might be looking into? Dodge Rampage? Now, it would probably be smaller than it. it just This was just... A kind of a concept and they would be looking at more of a mid-sized you know kind of thing kind of like the old uh, Dakota pickup truck maybe a little smaller than that to meet the Ranger right in there but with Dodge you know you could certainly see that new Hurricane Turbo 6 in there uh, possibly that kind of thing you know 400 horsepower I could see as an SRT version of it that'd be pretty interesting to put out there people love their pickup trucks even though they never haul anything in them uh, they don't they never have more than one person in them. They don't use them for work or anything, but people just drive them around all over the place. So that'll be a, that'll be a great way to use some money. Now, here's a couple other things. Okay, look, these are kind of automotive tips that I uh, pick up from having sold cars and just over the time. So there's a person complaining that they wrote in and said, you know, look, I got this car and here's what it's doing. They got a picture of their dashboard where it's having some kind of warning, of course. But... I just got it a month ago, and it's a one owner, right? And so it shouldn't be having these problems. Let me tell you what. Having a one owner doesn't mean crap. It doesn't mean anything. You're much better off having a car that's had three owners where the car's been maintained properly than one owner with somebody who doesn't care about the car, doesn't know anything about cars, doesn't know about maintenance, doesn't check anything, never opens the hood. Just because it's been a one owner, that's been a one, a big sales thing for cars for a long time. That it's a one owner car. That doesn't mean anything. How do you know what they did to the car? And sometimes people will do their own maintenance because I've seen Carfax on cars where th there's no maintenance at the Carfax at all. So how's the car been maintained? We have no idea. Oh, well, but it's a one owner, Mark. Well, so what? What, is, what the heck does that mean? Really? Think about that. What does that mean? Nothing. 
Would you rather have a three owners where every person opened the hood every day, checked all the fluids, never let anything get low, changed the oil always very regularly, all fluids got changed, tire pressures checked, everything constantly maintained, or one owner that just never opens the hood, changes the oil once a year, just goes down the road, hope everything is fine. I mean, but it's a one owner. That one owner thing on there has just been the bane of existence for people and for salesmen. Oh, well, that's not a one owner. Well, it doesn't mean anything. It just couldn't mean anything less than that. And then we go to another young lady in Florida. So this one I read about, and this is what she got. She bought a 2014 Ford Focus Electric. Okay. Now, they only made this car for a few years. They sold about 5,000 of them over the years that they made them. Her year was the most sales, 1,700 nationwide for that for 14, okay? Now, Ford gives you an 8-year, 80,000-mile warranty on the batteries. That's why this car likely was traded in, because it is out of battery warranty. So, and here's why it's a problem, why you shouldn't be buying a car when her words are, well, I saw it and it was cute, okay? That is not how you buy a car. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I'm sure it's wonderful being 17 and reading Teen Beat magazine. You don't know anything about cars. Where are your parents, okay? They probably don't know anything either, and this is a problem. This car is not a good purchase new, and it was not a good purchase used. And same problem. She said she's driving along and all the lights come on on the dashboard and it, they took it in and it needs a battery, right? Because that car has a very small battery. That first year of that car, the first couple of years like hers, the battery was around 24 kilowatts. That's all it is in that car. Let me tell you, that is short because the range of that car new is 76 miles, okay? And this car is eight years old. Probably showed 50 miles on the dashboard when it's full, likely, because range gets reduced on these cars. One other thing you should consider in an electric car is its range because when it's used, you have to know how many times it was charged because the more charges, the less usable life there is left in the battery. It only takes so many charges, just like your phone, just like every other battery. Okay, multiple charges reduce its life. Well, this car had 60,000 miles on it, which is pretty impressive for a car with such a short range. So we know it had at least, at least 1,000 charge cycles on it. That would be 60 miles times 1,000 get to 60,000, right? We don't know how many of these were done at a public high-speed charger because high-speed is worse for the battery. Even for that car, level 2, which you wouldn't even need at your house, but if somebody had a level 2 charger at their house, that would be relatively high-speed. That's, you know, 35 to 45 miles per hour, and that's a lot of charge for that car when it only has, a, you know, a 76 mile range to start with so if they put a level two in their house that's not great but it had at least a thousand charges probably more if somebody plugged it in every night it's now eight years old so that car could potentially have you know 2,000 charges 2,500 charges in it that battery is toast and the problem is the battery is $14,000 that's more than they paid for the car and the dealer probably knew it, okay? They got it at a dealer. They probably knew it, but that's why they sold it, and that's why somebody traded it in. Always, You always got to think. When you buy a car, you got to think about the car and go, why did somebody trade this car in? 
What did they do to this car? Or why is this car traded in now? Okay, well, this car is an eight-year <laughs> uh, warranty on the battery, and the car's eight years old. That's why the car's in the shop at being traded. That's why you'll see many cars on the lot that are three years old, or right at 36,000 miles right in there, or five-year, 60,000-mile cars, because they're being traded in at the end of their warranties. And so, does that mean there's a problem with it? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe somebody just doesn't want to risk that there's a problem with it. And so it might still be a great car for many years, but you gotta you got to look at this. And a Focus electric, there are so few of them sold. And some of them have been wrecked, certainly. There's probably only 3,000, 3, 3,500 of them on the road in the whole country. And what they said, they're having problems sourcing a battery. Yeah, duh. They don't keep this stuff in stock. There weren't batter, extra batteries. Now, I will tell you, you can get, the, you can get electric batteries... They can be rebuilt. There are com several companies in the country, not that many yet, but some, that are rebuilding them. But on her car, that's what they do is give you a rebuilt one and take your battery. They're doing it for Priuses, but there's a lot of them on the road. A Prius Prime, that kind of thing. There's a lot of those around. But on this car, Leaf, there's a lot of Leaf cars around too. There weren't that many. You might have to send your car there and get the battery rebuilt. And I bet it's still going to be six to 8000 bucks to do that. Look, what I'm trying to tell you is if you think a car is cute, okay, that's your first thought of why you're going to get it, you should have no business picking a car out. <laughs> there, I said it. What should happen is someone should pick a car out that's very good, and then you can decide whether you like it. But you don't get to go and say, well, that's a cute car. All right, I can just plug it in, and I'm all I'm environmentally conscious. Okay, do you think this is an environmentally conscious? What are you going to do with that battery? You know, it still holds part of a charge. I guess you could charge your phone on it 18,000 times. Uh, you know, even if it had half of its charge, that'd be pretty uh, dramatic. Now, in uh, 16, I think, they upped the, uh, the charge of that battery. They made it a little bigger, 33 kilowatts, and that got you a 115-mile range. But on her year, it was 76 miles to start. That's why they didn't sell that many. They took a gas part car and just shoved an electric uh, engine, you know, motor, in, electric motor in it for compliance and to see how it works it just didn't work out good okay most dealers can't work on them they're not certified for that they're just a real problem i would not even have considered buying that car wouldn't uh, the car have to be a thousand dollars or something like that to to buy it where you're just like all right i'll take a shot on it but uh, there's no way you buy this for real money for some 17 year old to drive around it's just ridiculous Go get them a regular car so they can understand how cars work and stuff and slap them across the head when they go, well, let's get that one. It's cute. That's ridiculous. That's just complete stupidity. And I just hate seeing that from people, you know, especially women. They get taken advantage of at these car dealerships as it is. And you can't go in there like, oh, it's cute or whatever. And you might as well hold up a sign that says soccer right on top of your head because that's what's going to happen. You know, you're just going to be completely taken advantage of. Go learn something about cars. Because it's important. It's your second largest purchase. And I saw this, by the way. The average person drives 29 miles. The average, okay, let's put it this way. The average car in the United States drives 29 miles per day, right? And the average person in the United States owns eight cars in their lifetime. So are you beyond that? I'm way past eight cars already. <laughs> so, and I got at least a few years to go. But uh, 29 miles per day. Uh, the average car gets driven. So I thought that was pretty interesting too. Don't buy a car because it's cute, please. I'm just vomiting all over here. So please, let's not do that anymore. I want to put a little thanks out to you people, you people, for making this 
podcast a positive part of my life, and I appreciate it, and for making this podcast very successful. And I'll go along with uh, this, some statistics statistics that you may not know about podcasting. So there are over a million podcasts. I was looking this stuff up the other day. There are over one million different podcasts about on about you know just about every subject you can imagine. It's, uh, you know from A to Z, okay, and everything in between. Uh, to Z. How about that for my international listeners? Because we're all over the world with this podcast. 80% of podcasts have not been updated in the last 90 days. What do you think about that? 80% not updated in the last 90 days. And this one really got me. The average podcast gets 25 downloads. 25 downloads. So we are way past that. You know, we're in the thousands per week of this podcast. So uh, I want to really thank everybody for that, for listening, and uh, be sure to tell your friends and uh, your enemies as well to listen to Trucking Answers Podcast. I find it uh, awesome to do, and podcasting uh, is easier to do than videos because there's not as much editing. It's a lot easier to record on it, and uh, it's just an easier overall overall thing to do. The average podcast listener is a little bit older than the average YouTube viewer, according to them. And uh, they listen longer, of course. And did you know more than half the people listen to podcasts at their house, which I was very surprised about overall, not this podcast. This podcast is like 90-something percent of people listen mobile, as uh, you can imagine if you are out driving around. But most people listen to podcasts at their house, which I also found fascinating. So if there's something you want to say, why don't you think about starting a podcast? You want to know how to do that? Let me know. Right, I can let you know how to start your very own podcast, but be sure to update it at least every 90 days and you'll be doing better than most podcasts do. Now we've come to the third half of the show and even though Mars is 89 below zero sometimes, it's still worth living on, but we're never going to get there with people like this fine lady in Des Moines, Iowa. Now, even though she lives in corn country, she stays in a cinder block basement apartment. So disappointing. But what are you going to do when that's all you've got? Corn husks line her walls, I assume. And she stays at home watching Sally Jesse Raphael, closely followed by Maury. And she drives around, though, sometimes. And you know what happens to her? Boy, you know, when you drive, these things can just happen to people. They happen to her she gets a bunch of traffic tickets, as is going to happen. By the way, the average person interacts with the police every seven years. So I think that's pretty interesting. But she racks up a bunch of traffic tickets. Well, they can get expensive, as you well know. So she, unlike the rest of us, she is a genius. And after one of her Mensa meetings, she gets home and concocts a plan. So she writes out a letter and then she sends in, get this, right? And this is brilliant. This is brilliant. This really is pretty good compared to some people on here. This isn't bad. I would probably give her mustard for her cheese sandwich just for this one, just one pack, not the whole container. I mean, come on, they're in $1.29 now, but um, <laughs> they were 99 cents. Thanks, Putin. She sends in to which I presume is the Des Moines Register because uh, they don't name the paper an obituary for herself. <laughs> All right. That's pretty good. 
Now, my dad died in 04, all right, and I remember the obit then. It was over $100, and it was not a long obituary, okay? It was not that long of an obituary. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> I don't know what they are now, 500 Of course, I don't know how much of that with the funeral home charge, because it did all that there. Either way, it's probably over $100, and I don't know why they charge it. I guess they figure, look, you're going to pay it uh, either way, and, although I don't even know if people put their things in the obituaries anyway. Either way... She sends an obituary, then goes and gets the paper, cuts out her own obituary, and sends in the judge this letter, purportedly from her mom, it doesn't say how old she is, okay, that says, hey, my daughter is dead, here's uh, her obituary, all right, and it was in the newspaper. She had cut it out, sent it, but it's in the paper, okay, so anybody could look it up and see that it's in the paper, and the judge, um, dismisses the tickets because you're dead <laughs> okay so they stop pursuing you which is nice the government finally leaves you alone once you're dead uh and uh so that's pretty good i don't know what your friends think about that i guess maybe nobody reads the obituaries anymore so nobody would notice it maybe you don't have friends i don't know what the story is but that's not where our story ends it doesn't end six feet below the ground it ends at ground level because it turns out this woman is a bad driver, and a month later, she gets stopped again, yet again, by the popo. They're always out stopping people. So they pull her over and run her. It turns out she's dead. They go, hey, how are you here? You're dead. And they arrest her. <laughs> Here's the thing. When you, when you, they figure this out, providing false information to the court is a felony. All right, you can't do that. So I guess she could say, well, I thought I was dead. I feel better now. Uh, I felt like I was dying. I don't know what you say to the judge. So they reinstated all the tickets and they reinstated her life. She is not dead anymore. She is currently alive. And I don't know what kind of problems this really causes. So let's think about that. So say you say you're dead. You don't just tell your friends and put an obituary, but you tell the court you are dead and they probably record that you are dead. And any more, a database, if you're in a database as being dead, I assume that spreads around and other places think you're dead. I think it's, I think, I bet it's difficult to revive yourself from the dead if you're recorded as being dead somewhere in an official database. Well, either way, it turns out that she's now alive again and has to pay all of her tickets and now faces felony charges and gets in jail. But I will tell you, for the for the thought behind this one, I really think I'm giving her a mustard packet for her dry cheese. She doesn't just have to have dry cheese. That's pretty clever. If she had just not got any more tickets, I think this I think this could have gone over. This could have been she, she could have been a contender. She but she's only a contender for this show in the third half of it. And I appreciate all of you listening to all three halves of this show. Mark at truckinganswersnation.com. Please write to me with your missives and anything else that's going on. Uh, we'll see you back over on YouTube and here on the podcast. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll be back soon.